1470, 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff always to talk about on this very program. I'm very excited. I wish I said it that way all the time on purpose. This program, I wish I put my, uh, you know, um, nose in the air. I said theater uh, whenever I was talking about those sort of things. I want, I want to really try as hard as I can to start the show today to discuss what's going on with uh, Trump, uh, how he, um, you know, talked last night. Fox News was the only place that, that took it. I, I mean, other places took it, but out of the, the major cable provider, cable news providers. And I have some audio to play in a second of Rachel Maddow and MSNBC and their high and mighty version of basically calling you stupid. Uh, what, what they do when they choose not to air something because they say it's too dangerous to air is they call everyone that watches their television programs uh, programs an idiot. That, that's what they're saying. They're like, we can't trust you to figure out if he's lying or telling the truth. So we can't show you this thing. It's like when you wouldn't uh, tell a kid something because you're worried the kid would do the thing you're telling them to do. Uh, Essentially, anyone that tells you they can't platform a guy who is far and away the leading candidate right now on the Republican side of the aisle for the Republican nomination for president, regardless of what else is going on with uh, former President Trump, anyone that tells you they can't play it is essentially telling you you're a moron. And they don't trust you, and they can't let you decide things for yourself, and we should all be offended and mad at that. But before I, I say anything else, I want to I say this. In, in all honesty, in trying to be as, as down the middle as I ever try to be on this show, I just want to ask you a simple question, uh, anyone listening to the show right now. If there were a politician – now, granted, this, this if there were, you're going to realize very quickly, is based on actual things. If there were a politician – Uh, who wasn't necessarily a career politician, who railed against politicians and said how terrible they are, how corrupt the system is, how he needed to drain the swamp. See, you're figuring it out. I'm telling you real stuff. Uh, That guy winds up getting elected to be our president in 2016, uh, loses an election, according to some, uh, won that election, according to others, in 2020. Uh, But the entire time has been consistent about one message and one message above any other one, that the system's corrupt, it's unfair, and as he starts to point to how it's how it's corrupt, uh, the system will try to destroy him. And then on top of that, there have been several moments beyond what's going on right now where news media or politicians and the system itself that he rails against actually did and failed to go after him. And it's been exposed at times that a lot of what they were doing to go after him in the past was crap. If all of those things existed, and guess what? They do. Uh, then what's going on right now isn't even remotely shocking. What I mean by that is not only the fact that the system is still potentially going after Trump and no one else, uh, because there are other people that could have gotten trouble, similar to how Trump got in trouble. That's not even the point. Uh, That's the more bias on a side of the aisle stuff um, that is just me saying my my opinion. If I'm just being, you know, down the middle, as hard as I can possibly be in setting the table on this topic in the first place, is it even remotely surprising that all of the supporters of the former president believe what's going on right now to be crap without even reading it. I think there's a lot of people that probably even have that probably haven't even read the indictment in the first place and don't care to read the indictment. Uh, None of that matters uh, to a lot of people because we've seen this play before. I actually read the whole indictment, by the way. I read all 44 uh, pages or whatever it is, I think. And I do believe there's a moment in there uh, that if there's actually audio of the thing they're saying there's audio of, it's going to hurt the former president uh, at some point. I, I don't know how how significantly. I don't know what will happen in court. I don't know how it will be you know, objected to or what else will, will come from it. 
But I, I just think it's interesting that where we are now, uh, Trump raised $2 million last night at his fundraising event in, um, in New Jersey. And that, again, is not remotely surprising because th- this entire time, the last, I don't know what it's been, seven years now, uh, the, the narrative that Trump has created has benefited him to the degree that whether or not the, the system is, is going after him fairly or unfairly, and I have my own opinion of that. I say that I think it is unfair, and I have a, a, a variety of reasons why I think that is, uh, and none of them are actually that Trump didn't commit the crime he's accused of committing. Um, but anyway, uh, beyond that, I would simply say that we're in this place, and it's not just Trump's fault for anyone that says he's such a terrible guy. He's the way He's horrible. Uh, how dare anyone ever vote for him? Uh, what he's said and what he's he's done has has you know connected with what the uh, mainstream media has decided to say and react to him. And uh, honestly, the best possible example of that. And I was talking about it before uh, getting on the air for this this segment here, doing my uh, pre-show show, uh, where you saw MSNBC and CNN just round-the-clock coverage of the movement of the airplane. Uh, which, by the way, is just incredibly boring television. If you sat and watched that, the, the Trump plane taking off, the Trump plane dr- uh, la- landing, uh, the Trump plane, you know, debarking all the people getting off the plane, everything else you see about the whole situation, there, there's nothing fun about that. They should, like, try to do something fun during that time. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe create some sort of drinking game that you have to play at home. Uh, probably drink responsibly as you do that. But I, it just is boring television. Uh, showing up at the courthouse, walking in the door of the courthouse. Uh, these things aren't aren't captivating. Uh, and then when it gets to the point where the guy actually says words, they're like, now we can't show you this. Here, I'll, I'll play exactly what they said on MSNBC uh, when they round the clock covered something up until the point where, point where actually someone was speaking and they said it was too dangerous to play the things that this guy was saying. I need to say that former President Trump has just started uh, making public remarks, just as he did on the evening of his first arraignment on criminal charges. That was April, when he was booked on 34 felony counts brought by the state of New York. Now tonight, after his arraignment on federal felony charges, he's speaking again, this time to an audience of his supporters that's gathered for a a campaign fundraiser tonight at his, his golf club and summer home in New Jersey. Um, we knew heading into this <laughs> that he was planning to make these remarks. We knew we it. prepared for his pre-fundraiser remarks tonight. We were warned about how horrible this person is. To again be essentially a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, <laughs> Can't do it. As we have said before in these circumstances, yep. there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast <laughs> untrue things. Uh, We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations. Yeah, we can't do it. We can't play anything that we know beforehand is going to be lies. When any other politician takes a television somewhere in in the country and we put that on TV for you when they they take a microphone and we know they're going to lie, when we handle most of the, um, you know, the White House press briefings, and the press secretary is definitely going to lie about stuff. Every single one has. There's a famous New York Times article right after Biden got elected that said Biden is going to lie to you. And it was trying to be like, he'll do it better. He'll do it less uh, than Trump will do it. But he's still going to lie. When you say this thing, you, you seem like an absolute moron. And even more important, you absolutely degrade the audience. And there might be a lot of people listening to the show right now that say, well, a lot of people are stupid. I'm not necessarily saying that you wouldn't want to hear what Trump wants to say, but I've heard that a lot 
in reaction to, to the things I say on the radio that, well, there are a lot of idiots out there, Collins. You got you to gotta realize, you got to understand that there are morons out there. Um, I, I have no reaction to that other than to say that when someone says that to me, uh, they continue to do the one thing that we shouldn't do in our country, which is assume that you have to be told what to do. Uh, told what to think, uh, told what to say, uh, that's the most broken part of our society, the most broken part of of being woke uh, in today's world. Actually, I have a great piece of audio in the world of wokeness that maybe I'll go to in a second. Um, But every single moment where you discredit humans for being capable of thinking on their own, uh, you become more of a problem uh, than any sort of valuable asset uh, to, to helping people think uh, that are maybe not thinking uh, because you just assume they can't. I don't know. But it, it was hilarious to me uh, to hear that transition after a full day of other coverage. All right, let's do other stuff. Uh, we'll get back to this. We'll, we'll certainly talk politics uh, throughout the show today. I think something very interesting happened in the world of, of what Merrick Garland was asked, the attorney general, about this uh, case. Uh, but let's actually play this crazy woke thing that happened. And it didn't happen here. Uh, the good news in this piece of audio is this is the BBC uh, which also makes it sound kind of funny because you got the accents going there on uh, the very what we probably think of as as proper sounding people uh, doing certain things. Uh, but a guest on BBC Radio uh, tried to woke check a, a anchor over a very, very stupid term. Here it is. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Packham, morning. Uh, the thing is, 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 as Julia's saying, I mean, seaweed is a magnificent marine plant and absolutely fundamental to marine e- ecosystems. So is this just the sort of thing that nature throws up once in a while? It is. Uh, before we get started, though, Emma, I'd politely last, uh, uh, ask you to mind your language. Um, can we call it marine algae rather than seaweed? I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I'm desperately sorry. I hope I didn't offend any seaweeds out there uh, that just heard me call them seaweeds and not marine algae. That is, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, this is actually dumb. Uh, not trusting you to make up your own mind, that to me doesn't make any sense. But this is this is actually full on very stupid. Uh, I want to I want to play this again. I love this so much, and I love that the BBC guy was like, "I apologize. I apologize to you. I apologize to everyone. I, I probably will take a day or two off to think about it, to be educated by the seaweed people, and then come back and know that I'm going to do better." Uh, Chris uh, Chris Packham, morning. Uh, the thing is, 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 as Julia's saying, I mean, seaweed is a magnificent marine plant and absolutely <laughs> fundamental to marine. We love so, it. Is this just the sort of thing that nature throws up once in a while? It is. Uh, before we get started, though, Emma, I'd <laughs> politely last, uh, uh, ask you to mind your language. Mind um, it. We call it How dare marine you? algae rather than seaweed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do want, like, a, a two-day suspension for the BBC reporter, not because I think he deserves it, but because I think it'd be hilarious. And then I do want him to come back with a, a pre-written statement. Maybe some nerves. Maybe he shakes as he reads the paper and he says that, you know, the BBC has paid for some education on this. Uh, he's he's going to continue to educate himself on the differences between marine algae and seaweed, and he'll do better uh, in the future. He promises it to you and everyone else if we just give him a second chance. I like that so very, very much. Uh, but that, that essentially is the society we're in uh, right now. In a nutshell, in one radio segment, that's a gift to you. It sounds very arrogant, uh, but it, whatever it is, uh, we have TV stations that think they can't play what Trump says because they're convinced that every single lie is too dangerous uh, for you to hear. And if there's some truth in there, well, darn it, that doesn't matter either. And then we have a guy that also wants to make sure that a reporter doesn't use the word seaweed anymore because it, it triggered him. Ah, the world we live in, people. Uh, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. After the break... 
I'm going to play you my favorite audio I've ever found in my entire life. It is a radio show at New York City. It's a caller and a response from a host. Uh, this is amazing. I want to do this here. I pick the topic. I want a caller to call in, and I just want to berate each other because that's what happened. But it's amazing, and it's coming up in just a little bit. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Carl Health has brought home red, white, and boom. Uh, also brought to you by Adam Merrick Real Estate. It's back. It's better than ever. It's the largest firework display in the state. Uh, you can have a VIP experience from Academy Sports and Outdoors. Uh, you can win eight VIP seats with food and drink, two VIP parking passes, because why go in just one vehicle? $100 in Academy Sports and Outdoor gift cards and eight foldable chairs. Uh, which is uh, probably one of the most clutch parts of this package because you don't want the foldable chairs when you go out and see the fireworks. Sign up for a chance to win at WMBDRadio.com. Get more information there. All right. This is my favorite audio I've ever found, and it might be inside uh, because it's, it's, it is radio audio that I'm going to play. Uh, it's a radio host in New York. She's on a, a sports station there. Uh, yeah, the Yankees are on that station too. Her name is Danielle McCartan. Uh, she had a caller. His name is Ralph. It got awesome. I have the beginning and the end, but there's like four minutes of this thing that's viral somewhere. Um, Ralph was saying some stuff. He was disagreeing with some takes that Danielle had on the world of sports, the world of the Met. None of that matters. Uh, you don't have to care about the names they're saying and the things they're saying. Uh, put this in the world of politics and, and your favorite show or, or sport. It doesn't matter. I just think it's amazing. Here is part of the start of the call and how Ralph was very mad that so many radio hosts have it so easy. Because we get to, to call it after the fact. We get to say how terrible this athlete is doing or this president is doing or anybody's doing uh, after they're already doing the mistakes. We don't have to predict it correctly beforehand. Ralph could do it. Anybody could do it. Here we go. It's so easy to be a talk show host looking back at what's going on and rip them. If J.D. Martinez would be doing horrible now, you wouldn't have said, oh, the Mets should have signed him. It's only because he's doing good that you could sit there and say, oh, no, the Mets should have signed him. What are you bringing to the radio right now? You're looking at that and yelling what they should have done, what they're not profits. It's, it's, it's pathetic, Danielle. Come on. He made it. You were psyched when the Mets signed Scherzer. You were psyched. You. Right, it goes on and on. It keeps yelling. Now, this is my favorite part. This is the part of the audio that I love so very much because at some point he struck a chord. He had on a soft spot with the radio broadcaster. Uh, he claimed that she wasn't doing her homework. She wasn't bringing a lot to the table. And she lost her mind. And it was amazing. I want like a call and response. Uh, with this, I want to yell at somebody. I want somebody to yell at me. I want a little bit of New York radio uh, here in Peoria, Illinois, if we could do it for a second. But here, uh, first is the end of that call. Come on, Danielle. Ralph, I, I, I guess, I guess you're, you must be related to Billy Epler in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't met a single person who wants to defend this guy like this. This team is a freaking dumpster fire, and you're defending him? Of course. I'm not defending you. Yes, you are. You're not, you're not coming with content. When oh, you oh, Ralph. oh, Ralph. Oh, you're Ralph. Looking. You know what, Ralph? I'm not coming with content. Are you freaking kidding me? I come with content every week there, Ralph. You're a joke there, Ralph. You're a joke. She's really pausing. This is all really still happening. That's a joke there, Ralph, right? <laughs> No one does more homework than me on this Come radio on. station. I dare you to go find someone. <laughs> Give it more time. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm bringing nothing to the radio this station guy. there, Ralph. Come on. Yes, I was excited for Scherzer. Yes, I was there for <laughs> Verlander. And I said it's not just Billy Epler. There's flames that go around it's all of them. 
people. I love that last part, by the way, if you're talking about something beyond the world of sports. Like for me, whenever I get mad at all the politicians and all the stuff they're doing, I don't have to scream and yell anymore. I can just play that end part. This plane to go around all everybody, of them. Everybody's screwing up. That's amazing. I want that. I want that very bad, Peoria, Illinois. I want someone to call in or, or central Illinois, any of the surrounding areas. I shouldn't be mean to just Peoria. Come on, Pekin. Uh, get mad at me. Come on, somebody in Washington. Let's go. Let's do this thing. I just got a text message that said, screw you, Craig. Yeah, screw you, listener. <laughs> Sorry. I know that went to 11 all of a sudden, but it'd be great. Uh, 309-340-4464, by the way, is the way to text me or leave me a voicemail. 309-340-4464. Look, everybody might not love that as much as I love that, but I genuinely love the crap out of that. And how, how crazy Danielle got. I bring content every day. I prep this show day and night. I'm All I'm doing is thinking about you, the listener. How dare you say that to me? Uh, man, I love it. I love it so much. I want to do it. As I said, somebody call in uh, with fighting words on anything. Let's fight about anything. You know, let's get it out of our systems. Let's you and I argue about something that doesn't matter at all. Uh, I don't know. Uh, claim to me that I got to do the dishes, and I'll tell you I didn't do the dishes. Uh, it can be anything you want. But uh, to me, that was the best thing I heard in a long, long time. Uh, high praise uh, to Danielle McCartan, someone I did not know about, but I knew now. A uh, quick break. Will's got the news. He's probably not going to scream and yell through it. I can't guarantee anything, though. Uh, 1470 is an AM, 100.3 is an FM, all over the Internet, WMBDRadio.com and the WMBD Radio app, or I just tell your smart speaker, and you can yell that at your smart speaker, hey, play WMBD radio, and hear Will Stevenson talk about this. You know, just when you think your problems are a pretty big deal, somebody else's problems are a lot worse than Way yours. Way bigger deal. I could tell you about the problems I have today, but <laughs> you don't want to hear about you wanna them. About them? You want to yell at them? You want to yell? You want to go New York radio? I want to go with the freaking <laughs> server. Why doesn't the server work? This computer. It's not like I just come in here five minutes before a newscast and do a newscast. No, you got you got to prep for that. Okay, that's good. I like this. This is oh, fun. Oh god, I now, feel like I'm on the verge of a heart do, attack. Let's now. do an airing of grievances. I don't even have to yell back at the listeners. Call in and yell about whatever you want. Just don't say any bad words. I'll take them one at a time. Frank, I think you're a horrible host. You show up at two fifty-five to do the show at you three. Terrible, terrible and newscaster. And then you leave at five fifty-seven before the show is done. None of that is true, by the I way. Know. I want to make sure all the bosses understand none of that's true I know. it's coming from I, our news I, director I will, I will i will come to your defense uh-huh. the next time there's Why, an employee you. review this coming from our news director that was fake news you just heard on the news i kind of feel a little better though <laughs> don't you you're welcome that's nice all right if you want to do the news now you, you can 1470 100.3 wmbd craig collins show thrilled to have you with us bunch of stuff to talk about as always on the show, I'm, I'm leaning into the New York accent more than I should be because uh, of some amazing audio. I played once in the show. I'll play it again. I hope to have a fight with somebody on the air at some point. Uh, all in good fun. All in good fun, as I promise. Uh, I'm going to eventually play some audio of uh, Merrick Garland and some of the answers he gave to questions he was asked today about being involved in the um, the federal case that's going after former President Trump. The leading candidate, it just so happens, on the Republican side of the aisle for the nomination to uh, try to be the president again in 2024. Totally coincidence, I'm sure. Uh, but as that's all going on, before I even get to that, I want to play um, a reaction to the Chiron scene around the world. 
um, Fox News for, I think, 30 seconds or something, put up what legitimately to me is a fairly funny um, uh, little graphic. If you don't know what Chiron is, it's the, the words and the little graphic that appears at the bottom of your TV screen on CNN. I think it's it's burned into CNN forever that everything is breaking news no matter what it is. That's always part of it. Uh, but the thing that went up on television and then went down uh, called f- current President Biden a wannabe dictator. And I again, I thought that was uh, rather funny. Uh, I think that it probably was a prank that somebody was playing that no longer works at Fox News. As I said, it was only up for like 30 seconds. Uh, They apologized for it. They said it had been dealt with, uh, whatever it was uh, that occurred there. But here's the reason I actually find it funny, because I'm sure that if CNN or MSNBC had done something like this with Trump, I would be on the radio telling you that I think it's bad, that I think it's dividing our country. And I'm not trying to, to tell you that I'm, I'm you know, uh, one-sided as heck in all this. I just think that, and, and Fox is more willing than most to admit it, that being a pundit is different than being a news organization. Uh, being someone who offers their opinion on stuff and not someone who gives you the news straight down the middle uh, is, is a reality of the world we live in right now. I've told you before on this show that I don't consider myself to be a news reporter uh, to you. I'm someone who's definitely going to give you opinion. I'm not trying to lie to you. I'm not trying to um, you know, make stuff up along the way. I will tell you the truth, but I'll tell you the truth as I, as I see it, the things that I think uh, matter and the reasons I think they matter. Uh, that's a byproduct of me getting the chance to host the show and not somebody else, is that I get to consult my own brain uh, in this world. And I, I do think, again, that Fox is more willing to admit that their coverage is slanted uh, they usually say, whenever they're cornered uh, to say something like that, that they're a, a counterbalance to all these slanted products that exist on the other side that refuse to admis- admit they're slanted. But if you admit that you're slanted, then that's a funny uh, Chiron. Uh, calling uh, Biden a wannabe dictator is, is hilarious to me. Uh, if you're claiming that it's actual genuine news, it's not quite as funny. Here we go, though. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre, a White House spokesperson, being asked about this and giving a pretty simple answer. Last night, um, Fox News ran a Chiron that uh, referred to the president as a wannabe dictator, and I'm wondering if the White House has any comment on that. So, look, there are probably about 787 million things that I can say about this. No way. Uh, Prove it. No way. 787 million. Go. Let's count them off one at a time. Not going to happen. I'll be here as long as it takes. Uh, you and I can sit in this room together, uh, ma'am, and we can run through all the uh, all the different reactions. Because 99 of the 100 that you would get through are all, you know, go consult another agency. That was wrong uh, about what we saw last night, but I don't <laughs> think I'm going to get into it. There's no comment. The White House. I don't think I'm going to get into it other than it was wrong. Uh, that's the only getting into it I'm going to do. Yeah, of course. It, there's an aspect of it that seemed uh, over and above, uh, but it's opinion. That's what opinion is. And yes, a Chiron for some reason apparently is a a you know a more valuable uh, news thing than what people say out of their own faces, uh, because a whole lot of people on CNN, on MSNBC, and on all the talking head uh, channels have said that, you know, Trump is basically a wannabe dictator or that he praises and loves other dictators. So the the sentiment has been thrown out there before, uh, just not directed at Biden. And how dare they? How dare those people do it? But again, I'm not fully saying uh, that it would make sense, um, you know, in all circumstances to do things like that. There is an aspect of of how I would approach this that would say, yeah, it's not it's not something if I was in that, um, you know, room that I would say made the, the most sense, made us look the most credible. But it was hilarious. It was Babylon B-esque. And again, if you're providing opinion and not just simply stating – and I don't, I don't even honestly know. Let me say this before I move on to anything else. I don't know who actually is down the middle anymore. Like, like genuinely, I can't find anyone that truly is 
perfectly down the middle. I just don't think it exists in the world of broadcasting. Uh, I don't even think people come all that close. And I think what's funny about it is so few people are aware of the the bias that they have when they talk about something, the opinion, if that's what you want to call it, because bias doesn't necessarily mean wrong. It just means you have opinion. Um, but I think that, that sometimes people are so unaware of it because they agree with everything they're saying. So like, yeah, I can't tell. This all seems to be factually down the middle to me. And it's it's hardly ever. There's hardly anyone who's really hitting that uh, and hitting that well. And certainly I think Fox News would be willing to admit that they're not exactly 100 percent every single situation uh, coming at it from both sides of the aisle way of thinking. They're coming at it from a counterbalance way of thinking. And honestly, people are highly critical of them after uh, they fired Tucker, who's doing great, uh, is one other quick caveat. Tucker Carlson in his Twitter show um, seems to be doing very well. It is interesting. I'll say this. I'll admit this for anyone that wants to shape it different. And I really don't think it has anything to do with Tucker. I think it's Elon Musk wanting Twitter to look like a more valuable video platform for, say, anyone and everyone, not just Tucker Carlson, that wants to put a video out there. But they removed one of their metrics. They removed the metric that told you that the video had played for two or three seconds. And, yeah, it was only seconds. It wasn't really that much better of a metric. And so now all you see is the amount of people who viewed a tweet that has a video within it. Uh, they might not have played the video. They might not have watched or listened to the video. Now, that doesn't matter. Um, but still, Tucker Carlson is getting 100 million, 50 million, uh, millions and millions of views out of the things he's putting on, way more than he has followers. So he seems to be doing very, very well. And even if a small percentage of the people actually viewed uh, and watched his video, including people who hate him, which used to watch his television show, uh, then he is doing way better than he was doing when he was on Fox. So it's very interesting. All right, let's get to Merrick Garland. So Merrick Garland was asked a couple questions today uh, about the Trump indictment, uh, the federal case about uh, mishandling classified documents. I thought the first question he was asked was rather interesting. Um, and then I thought even more so the second question he got asked about his actual role in it was probably the most evasive he was uh, by saying something very, very simplistic. Um, but I do think it matters uh, to be asked questions like, why didn't you step in and prevent this? Why, why do you think that this is a, a valuable thing to be happening right now? And here's what Merrick Garland said in response to that. So, uh, as you know, I can't talk about the particular particulars of this or any other ongoing criminal matter. As I said when I pointed uh, Mr. Smith, I did so because it underscores the Justice Department's commitment to both independence and accountability. Mr. Smith is a veteran career prosecutor. He has assembled a group of experienced and talented prosecutors and agents who share his commitment to integrity and the rule of law. <laughs> Any questions about this matter will have to be answered by their filings in court. I feel like the only thing that was missing from that statement from the attorney general was Mr. Smith is a man that I would trust with my own children. Uh, Mr. Smith is the kind of guy that I would follow into the fires of hell, and I don't care about it. <laughs> I mean, how could you be any more uh, complimentary to someone? Uh, Mr. Smith is, in fact, uh, an angel among us, I swear. Uh, people. You just have to talk to him. Uh, but yeah, he, his answer to, is it a good look for our government right now, for our justice system, uh, to be going after someone who is uh, the most likely political opponent to the person? You can't change that fact. No matter what you think, whoever listening to the show uh, is listening, uh, to be true about what Trump did wrong and how everyone has to be accountable, no one is above the law, 
Uh, the thing you can't change is that Trump is the far and away leading and only getting uh, further in his distance from DeSantis or anyone else in the Republican side of the aisle. Uh, granted, still very early on in the primary process. Uh, but you, you can't uh, switch that information to be something else. So when um, the Justice Department, when Manhattan, when a bunch of different places are going after him for legal reasons, uh, this is tampering uh, with our election process, even if you don't want it to be, even if you don't want to admit it is, because apparently a lot of Americans uh, don't care. Uh, a lot of Americans are willing to support uh, the former president, no matter what's been happening uh, behind the scenes, uh, especially since in the world of the classified documents thing, uh, what I'll keep saying is uh, none of those documents actually wound up falling into the wrong hands. Uh, that's that's essentially this the scare tactic version of talking about it. Yeah, it sounds like maybe Trump resisted giving them back. Yeah, that's a crime. Uh, it's a crime to keep the documents in the first place. And there's a lot of people who are guilty of that crime. Uh, Biden kept his documents for so long. I don't know how you could say that he didn't at some point maybe find them in his in his um, garage and be like, oh, I should give these back and then not do it. I mean, I and Hillary Clinton, of course, comes up all the time now. A woman I didn't really talk about. I want to throw that out there, too, for anyone that hears me talking about Hillary's emails and thinks of me as some, you know, fringe far off on the right uh, kind of um pundit person on the radio uh, that's been railing about Hillary's emails for years. I didn't really talk about it. I, I didn't really care as much about the locker up stuff uh, when Trump would say that and chant that and everything. But it's just interesting now, uh, since it's just a such a perfect real life whataboutism, uh, where Hillary absolutely uh, did not listen to the things she was told to do, the subpoenas given to her, the, the turning over of document requests or electronic uh, information, she just full-on destroyed it. 33,000 uh, emails or, or technology you know, things uh, just got full-on wiped out, and her attorneys told the government that they were personal things and you didn't need to see them. And we were just like, all right, that's fine. Uh, that, that makes sense. Uh, but then when Trump does what Trump does, it's obviously definitely horrible. Uh, when Hillary did what she did, it, it obviously made sense. It's very odd. Uh, so I just I think that's the reason that it's coming up so much. But I'm just fascinated, again, uh, by the way in which this topic keeps kind of being a thing uh, that we uh, discuss and, and discuss so wildly differently. And it's not even really all that surprising to me that we do that. All right. You know what? I'm going to skip the other um, uh, Merrick Garland thing. I'll play that later. I, I want to play this. This is Hillary. Uh, she popped up on a podcast, uh, Pod Save America, which is very much a left leaning thing. Uh, she was asked a few different questions, and one of her answers went quite viral uh, for the reason I just said, for the fact that she had a whole bunch of classified uh, electronic communications, not boxes with paper, uh, but electronic versions of it um, that she had not stored privately, not stored in the correct way, but, you know, on her own uh, way, uh, essentially a electronic version of her garage. And then when she got caught, uh, she destroyed a whole bunch of it and didn't turn it over to the government. And that's not a crime. That's totally fine. Uh, but here's how she reacts to Trump and Republicans that are defending him. Republicans claim that you got off. You did the same thing and got off scot-free. Why did your friend Jim Comey let you off <laughs> so easy? How funny. That, that's a really good question. I can't figure that one out. Um, you know, I do think it's, it's uh, odd let's just say, to the point of being absurd, um, how that is their only response. You know, they refuse to read the indictment. They I read it. They refuse to engage with the facts. There's nothing I read new them. about that. Nope. And what they refuse to admit is, you know, this is on a track about him. 
not about anybody else, no matter Uh-oh. how much the, uh, they try to confuse people and how much <laughs> they try to, you know, raise extraneous uh-huh. issues. Uh-huh. Um, extraneous. And it's going to be fascinating, I guess, in a bizarre and sad way to watch them spin themselves up. If you watched any of the news programs this weekend, I mean, their efforts to defend this man are truly beyond anything that I ever thought possible in our country. I mean, okay, hold on. Hold on one second. Uh, for let me, uh, let me try um, Hillary Clinton to talk about what is possible, what is shocking in this country. Uh, not only uh, the fact that people very much defended you, uh, I think uh, Bernie Sanders famous for saying, I don't care about her damn emails, uh, is something that happened. Uh, but beyond all that, beyond any of those back and forth ridiculous conversations uh, that exist, and the, the very, very similar, uh, you can't be um, an honest person and say that it's not similar, uh, what happened with Hillary and her defiance in returning electronic versions of of information uh, back to the government and Trump's defiance in returning physical uh, pieces of information uh, back to the government. It's, it's sort of amazing. We're even And Hillary was never the president, by the way. I feel like that's relevant to some of this conversation, too. Uh, but the other thing she said about how dare people uh, essentially uh, follow this man, you know, and, and say whatever they need to say to be on the right side of Trump. Uh, when Hillary said the 2016 election was fake, was fraudulent, uh, was stolen from her, uh, that Russia hacked it and, and helped Trump win, there were so many Democrats that agreed with and said that Trump was a, a false president that it's identical to what's gone on since Trump has been making that claim after losing in 2020. It's literally identical. There's so many people, uh, so many politicians, Biden among them, uh, who said that, you know, 100 uh, percent Hillary should be our president. And people called that insane. People called that ridiculous. And yet here we are uh, watching a certain movie over and over again. And someone can get up on the high and mighty horse because they didn't get in any trouble for the thing they did. That was, in fact, very, very bad. Uh, that was, in fact, and the funniest part about it, and I'll, I'll say this last and then I'll take a break, because I, I don't want to talk about Hillary all day. It makes no sense. Actually, I have a great audio of a politician saying how not relevant she is, how it doesn't really matter what she's saying anymore. And I'll play that in a little bit. Uh, but what I think is the most hilarious thing is we don't even know what was on the emails because they were destroyed. We don't actually have uh, the full context of information as to what the dangers were uh, in the information in the electronic communications that she let uh, not be, you know, hidden uh, from the public, but easily hacked by the public if they want, which they didn't do, uh, by the way. None of that stuff uh, got out there into the world. Uh, but to this day, we, we have no idea uh, what she deleted. We just have the word of her lawyer saying the things she deleted were all personal. They were all like workout schedules and stuff. 33,000 of the 60,000 electronic uh, communications the government wanted returned from Hillary. Uh, those ones, they all, nah, they're not a big deal. All right, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I'm about to do something that MSNBC and CNN decided was uh, uh, risky, was scary, was, uh, you know, bad, going to hurt us, hurt society, uh, hurt, I don't know who. I'm going to play audio with Donald Trump, uh, the former president, after he uh, went through everything he went through yesterday, pleaded innocent, Uh, to the 37 counts of mishandling classified documents, the federal case. Uh, There's going to be some legal problems for the former president, although, again, and I'll just keep saying it, it seems to be valuable to say to anyone that gets mad uh, when I say that Trump is going to have issues, not the Manhattan case. That one's crap. This one, there's going to be more struggle. 
Um, he shouldn't be alone in the uh, version of uh, justice that's being told out to just him and not other people that have literal whataboutisms uh, that did very similar, if not almost identical things uh, in the world of classified documents of their own. Uh, but again, uh, even though uh, MSNBC and CNN, excuse me, said this was dangerous, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, here's part of what Trump said. Ending the war between Russia and Ukraine will have it ended in 24 hours. I will appoint a real special prosecutor to go after the most corrupt president in the history of the United States of America, Joe Biden, and the entire Biden crime family. Name a special prosecutor. Uh, by the way, the crowd starts cheering. I can play a little bit of it. Lock him up. And all others involved with the destruction. It wasn't a lot of it. Um, I don't know why it didn't sound louder. Uh, and actually, it's gone viral still on social media. They, they uh, chanted that. Uh, here's the thing I will say. And it's something that I think Mark Strauss and I were touching on uh, the other day. And it's been true about every other thing uh, that's occurred uh, so far that was targeting the former president uh, and then, you know, failed to successfully take down the former president uh, because he's been through some of these things before. Uh, not quite the a judicial challenge that is coming at him now, but certainly impeachments and all those other things. Uh, those strategies have been utilized by Republicans against Democrats once they've been used by Democrats against Republicans. So we are tremendously likely, in my opinion, at some point in the future to see some other special prosecutor appointed by some other uh, politician, maybe Trump, maybe not, that winds up going after Biden. I think that will happen. Uh, mark my words, 6-14-23 is when I said that at some point there will be someone in office who will point somebody who's actually going to go the real road and not the road they're going right now, which is a weird road. And actually, whistleblowers have said a, a road that doesn't make any sense as far as investigating Hunter, investigating our current president when he was the vice president, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this will inevitably happen. And the funny thing about it is that when it does occur uh, years from now, uh, the real investigation is you'll have the exact opposite reaction you have right now. Uh, well, you have Republicans saying, how dare Democrats stand with Biden? And you'll have Democrats saying, how dare Republicans don't understand us? Because, uh, by the way, the thing that I find most funny about the take right now that's out there from Hillary Clinton or whoever else that uh, Republicans are making a mistake standing uh, with Trump, supporting him, uh, saying there's political motivation uh, behind something that definitely seems to have political motivation as a component of it, is the people who never supported Trump are asking the people who did support Trump, why aren't you not supporting him anymore? It's a very easy leap for people who never supported someone in the first place to not support him now. That's not a hard transition, uh, no matter what it is that's going on. Uh, for the people that, that chose to support the former president and still do uh, as far as politicians go, and even the people running against him in the primary, I don't think this is going to be used against him as, you know, um, I don't know, like Thor's hammer, as it could be, super nerd a reference there, uh, or as much as Democrats want it to be, because a lot of Republicans would be worried about people like DeSantis, uh, the influence of Donald Trump and, and trying to go after him and claim that he's you know, overly corrupt or, or um, you know, did a lot of things bad uh, that other people didn't do bad when other people did do them. Uh, because, again, I think that the, the power that Trump has of the Republican Party is is a demonstration of the message he provides and the truth. And I'll, I'll just I'll say one last thing. You know what? I wasn't going to rant about this, but I'm, I'm going to say one last thing. And I know I've probably said this before on the show. Um, the main message, the, the number one message of Donald Trump, if you were to pick what that was, 
at home. And 309-340-4464, you can text me this answer. 309-340-4464, what is the number one thing uh, that Trump would be tied to other than Make America Great Again? Don't give me his actual slogan. Uh, what would be the issue? Uh, the issue would be that he's trying to out political corruption. He's trying to out a broken system. Most Americans agree that the system is broken. Uh, eight out of 10 Republicans and seven out of 10 Democrats believe, in fact, that the system is broken and that politicians aren't doing stuff that we want them to do. So the, the main tenant, uh, the main idea uh, coming from the former president, however everything else goes, is something that actually a wide majority, a vast majority, pretty much uh, just about everybody agrees with to some degree. There are not a lot of people. And you know what? Actually, it's, I said I was going to rant, and now here I am. Uh, another thing I looked at the other night, I was just curious about this, and I didn't even intend for this to be a, a thing I prepped to put on the show, uh, but it, it can be. I was curious how much trust in the government has changed over the last 70 years. If you rewind way back to the 40s and 50s, and anyone listening to the show uh, that's in their 70s right now, I'd love for you to call in if you remember what it was like uh, growing up as a kid. But a, a vast majority of people trusted the government, uh, which is a crazy thing to think uh, right now. But after uh, World War II and certainly after some of the other uh, issues that we had as a society, there was a lot of patriotism uh, that existed and a lot of people that thought, hey, the government is mostly out trying to trying to help us. Uh, maybe I disagree with the way the politicians do certain things. And certainly I understand a lot of politicians were still, um, you know, uh, cast as as horrible, terrible people. Reagan uh, essentially talked about the same way Trump has talked about today. And of course, Nixon, uh, not really very trustworthy when you're looking back at history. But if you go way, way back, I feel like it's bad to say way, way back uh, to a time period where. Most Americans trusted the government. Uh, you think to yourself how we've changed so much in what is actually a relatively short amount of time. Seventy years, we've gone from 80 or so percent of people to trusting uh, the government on a whole uh, and its desire to do something that benefits your life to 80 percent of people basically not feeling that way. That is a, a demonstration of the broken uh, that exists within the system. Uh, one thing I did want to play, I don't want to not play this. Uh, I mentioned Hillary Clinton a second ago. I thought this was amazing. Uh, this is a, a politician, uh, Byron Donalds, who just absolutely destroyed. And this is how uh, it's being you know, shared on social media right now. But it's true. Hillary Clinton and her relevance uh, in about 50 seconds. I have audio of how quickly you uh, take down every single version of, hey, what Hillary Clinton just said is relevant. I will know he crushed it. Here's how it sounded. You are a Trump guy. How do you feel about being told you're in a cult? I stopped caring about what Hillary Clinton had to say long ago because she lost a long, long time ago. And she's largely irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. But to a broader level, since Hillary wants to engage, allow me to engage. Hillary, you lied multiple times. You destroyed <laughs> emails. You destroyed evidence. You did. And That's then you laundered down. phony information that you knew was phony into the intelligence community because you were scared you were going to lose. You did all this <laughs> and you still lost. <laughs> So I'm not going to listen Accurate. to Hillary Clinton yeah, about who I should and should not support because she has lied to the American people repeatedly. She used our institutions to spy on her rival's campaign. Yes, America, she did that. So if people like talking about Watergate and Nixon, 
look no further than Hillary Clinton and Crossfire Hurricane. I wish you had done uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton there. I wish you had thrown in the, the middle name uh, there for extra effect. Uh, by the way, even though he's a politician out of Florida, uh, that guy is from Brooklyn, New York, and I feel like I can hear the Brooklyn, New York in there, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. But, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Uh, Trump right now is tremendously relevant, of course, since he is the leading candidate on the Republican side of the aisle for the Republican uh, nomination to uh, try to become our president. Hillary Clinton, not likely to run. Uh, not not likely unless uh, she's allowed to make the decision herself, because uh, I think the entire Democratic Party would beg. You know, what's weird, though, actually. I'll say this. and I'll take a break on this. Hillary Clinton might be a better candidate than our current president. It's real close. They're both really bad. But if I had to say what the next worst option would be uh, to Biden, and it might be just a little lower, a little bit better, it probably is Hillary Clinton. I think the Democrats could easily do better than both of those people. Uh, but it, if there's ever a time where Hillary could be sitting in a room somewhere where people are strategizing and being like, you know, what about me? And then have everybody in the room think about it and be like, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's not so bad. Uh, it would be the uh, Joe Biden presidency moment. This is her one last chance uh, to try to once again run as well. Uh, not that I think she'll do it, uh, but I don't know. I find that very amusing that, that this might be the only opportunity left that she has uh, where she seems about as good as the person who's currently uh, in the office, which says a lot about our current president as well. A quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, that's odd music, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, I don't uh, pick all the bumps in the show, but I'm very appreciative of the people who helped put the bumps in the show. I wouldn't have picked that one right there. Um, I, I have a serious topic uh, that I want to talk about uh, quickly it is uh, breaking news, and I think more information will probably come out over the next few hours. Uh, but a New York City grand jury has decided to indict Daniel Penny. Uh, that is the 24-year-old Marine veteran uh, who was involved in the um, the uh, chokehold of Jordan Neely, the homeless man in New York on a subway uh, that resulted, at least according to the to the coroner so far, in the death of, of Jordan Neely. Um, the defense, the attorneys for Daniel Penny have, have thrown even that into question. So uh, what is actually said in court, what um, you know, proof of, of positions comes up will be uh, very, very important. But here's a little bit of the breaking news uh, as it came over. I think this is from Fox News uh, a little earlier. Uh, they said that at least one, it is exactly one, uh, secondary, de second degree murder, or sec excuse me, sorry, not correct, second degree manslaughter charge. Uh, that is what the uh, grand jury in New York has decided to indict Daniel Penny. Yes, he was already indicted by the Manhattan District Attorney, but this will probably carry far more weight. So Penny and these manslaughter uh, charges against him, uh, and we're hearing from a number of sources here that a grand jury has decided to charge him, indict him on, on at least one of those counts. Uh, Brian Yanis has more for us on this. Brian. Hey, Neil, that's right. Two sources confirmed with Fox News that Daniel Penny, the Marine veteran, has been indicted in the chokehold case and the chokehold death of 30-year-old Jordan Neely. Now, we don't know exactly uh, if the exact charges. We do know that Penny was facing the second-degree manslaughter charge and that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office believed that they had enough evidence, videos, and witness testimony to indict him and to charge him on this second-degree manslaughter charge. So that is, according to NBC News, uh, what the uh, grand jury in New York has decided to indict him on. Uh, how that uh, court case plays out, I think, is something that I'll pay attention to very, very closely. Uh, if you've listened to uh, what Daniel Penny has said, even himself, his lawyers 
uh, put out video of him uh, telling his side of the story or listen to uh, what some of the witnesses said, including a witness uh, that was uh, described as a, a, a black woman on Fox News. Uh, there are definitely conflicting reports about how serious of a situation existed on the subway before what is on video Occurred, And there were even a lot of 911 calls uh, where people are saying that they were afraid for their lives. Um, so, again, what actually this doesn't mean uh, that Penny was found guilty. Uh, this means that a a court case will occur and that you will hear uh, the defense in its totality. You will hear uh, what the prosecution believes to be the truth. You will hear from a lot of uh, people who wind up uh, being, I think, incredibly relevant uh, to this court case, which would be the witnesses on the train that are not Daniel Penny. Um, because of how they felt uh, that entire, you know, moment, what they thought it was. If they thought they were in imminent danger, uh, Penny said that Jordan Neely was saying, I'm going to kill you uh, to people on the train, and then also saying that I don't care if I go to jail for life, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we, will, we will see. It's, it's very interesting uh, right now uh, that this is the, the next step in this, because the Manhattan uh, District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, Yes, the same guy that's going after Trump for charges that a lot of legal experts felt uh, were way beyond anything rational uh, that made sense in his not his classified documents case. That's his um, business um, decision. And, you know, um, I think um, misrepresenting certain spending uh, records, business records case is probably the best way to describe that quickly. Uh, But the Daniel Penny one, I think, is going to capture a lot of attention uh, in this country. I don't know that it really has uh, yet. I know that people are very um, decided on what occurred and what matters. There's a lot of people that support Daniel Penny. Uh, and I, I certainly have said certain things on this show already that I, I have no intention of, of changing my position on. I watched the video, uh, the video that went viral. And I almost never watch uh, those videos. I, I feel that I don't need to see. And the thing that I could see in the video And I think the reason why it's a a second degree manslaughter charge and not something stronger uh, is that Daniel Penny convincingly to me uh, did not seem to believe that he killed someone. He seemed to believe that he, you know, put a chokehold on someone that might have put them to sleep uh, if he even thought that. But I I watched the video and I I guess if you want more information about this, I'm not necessarily recommending it, but I'm saying you could watch the video, too. Uh, Penny is seen kneeling down. Um, with the back of his hand kind of lightly t- uh, hitting the cheek of, of Jordan Neely, trying to wake him up. Uh, Jordan Neely, someone who may have still been been breathing at that moment, according to not just Daniel Penny, but other witnesses. Um, so there might have been reason to think that he was not, um, you know, going to very soon pass away. Uh, I'm not in any way, shape or form. And I want to make this clear on the show as I talk about this case more, um, saying that it was the right thing for Jordan Neely to die. Um, I'm not saying that that necessarily uh, makes sense to me whatsoever, uh, but I think that even Daniel Penny didn't intend to take a life. So I I think that matters as far as part of the conversation and how this goes. Uh, But what will be tremendously interesting to me, the most significant aspect, I think, of the case, in my opinion, will be what the other witnesses say as to the level of danger they felt on that train before Penny, a 24-year-old Marine veteran, uh, stepped in and tried to restrain uh, Jordan Neely, uh, with the help of two other people on the train, and then eventually, um, again, uh, through putting him through a chokehold, uh, is what, is, as far as we know, uh, is the reason that um, Jordan Neely wound up dying. But I, I will say this, too, uh, just because I think it's not said a lot of places, and it deserves to be said, uh, the defense for um, uh, Daniel Penny, his lawyers, have called into question 
whether or not there's missing information, relevant information, as far as a toxicology report or anything else. And I don't have an answer to that. I'm not saying that I, I know uh, one way or the other what the truth is there, uh, but I think it is relevant, and it'll probably be the second most important thing that comes up in court. Did witnesses fear for their lives? And was there anything else that could have caused the death of Jordan Neely? I imagine those, as I said, will be the most important to not just me, but to a lot of people who pay attention to it. But the breaking news is uh, Daniel Penny has been indicted by a grand jury, not just by the attorney uh, general in, or excuse me, the district attorney, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. My wife, Betty, in studio for Spanish Word of the Day in just a bit. I'm going to do this thing first, and you might actually enjoy being a part of it. Uh, 1505 East Lake Avenue is the location for the VFW in Peoria Heights. 1505 East Lake Avenue. Uh, you just take a right turn right there. You get, to the, <laughs> you get to Peoria Heights. We were there last night. Uh, right turn for us when we're coming down. Um, um, I can never remember the name of the other road. The main strip of Peoria Heights. Somebody text me because I'm an idiot right now. Uh, but anyway, um, we went there last night for Taco Tuesday. We yes. had a very good time. You started drinking wine. At um, the VFW, at the VFW now. Yes. yeah, which was fancy. Even though uh, I think the wine you asked for, they had to like pluck from uh, somewhere else, so they put ice cubes in it. Prospect, thank you very much. Wow, a lot of text. <laughs> Pros- yes, prospect. Oh my god, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely Do should not remember. Forget no, the I, I know that. I knew it was in, it was in here, but I knew that the text would do it quicker than I could Google it. Uh, but prospect, yes, I hang a right uh, off a of prospect on the lake, and it's like a block down the street. Yep. And there is the VFW. Uh, other people would turn left, depending on what side of the street. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, it's a block off of Prospect <laughs> Lake Avenue. Uh, that's enough. Uh, 309-682-9875 is the phone number. 309-682-9875. Uh, they do a lot of philanthropic work, so I recommend uh, you go over. You talk to the quartermaster, Eric. You talk to the uh, commander. You talk to anybody you want. The bartenders all know this stuff, and they do a lot of stuff in their own, too. Uh, also enjoy the bar, enjoy the food, enjoy the you know pool table, the gaming room. There's a bunch of stuff to do there. Uh, but really, honestly, ask them about uh, what they're doing to better our community because the veterans that served our country uh, that are a part of the VFW want to keep doing good. And through the VFW in Peoria Heights, they do that stuff. And it's a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm impressed. So please check them out. And again, thank you. Still more text. Prospect uh, in Peoria Heights. I just one block off of it uh, on Lake Street. Um, Betty, how you doing? It's your last day before your vacaciones. Yes, great. Okay, yeah, and that's yeah. my Spanish word of the day. It doesn't have to be yours. Yeah, uh, it means vacation. Vacation. And I crushed time. it, right? I said it right. Vacaciones. Yes, you did well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Feliz vacaciones for you. <laughs> Feliz Does that sound Navidad. right? Feliz Navidad. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> Is that right to say uh, happy vacation? Feliz vacaciones or no? If I want to tell you, like, have a good vacation? Yes. Okay, all right. Uh, you're, you're humoring me now, I think. Yes. Uh, but you have a Spanish word of the day that we're going to get to in a second. Uh, first, I want to ask you about some, some stories that are out there. The first one, and I feel like you've, you've listened to me do radio for a while now, uh, not just here in Peoria, but other places. Yeah. And I, at times, I, I think you might remember, have talked about pizza vending machines. Is this something you remember me talking about? Vending machines like the soda ones, like the snack yeah, ones, yeah. but full pizzas inside there? Yes. How excited I am for yes. the idea of a pizza vending machine. Maybe you can start your own business. The Craig, Craig. Collins Show pizza vending machine. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I would want that very bad. Uh, there is a guy that did an interview uh, that says he's created the best one. His name is Tony Rivera. I, I hope that means he's an Italian, uh, but he's a co-founder of Slices USA, a brand new pizza vending machine. Not the first of its kind, uh, but one that he claims he's perfected. 
I had a mission, and the mission was to build a pizza machine that becomes hands-free to make the best pizza on the planet. And I think we've achieved that. <laughs> With my partner, who is a thermal engineer, we started working on the different types of heating that would be needed mm -hmm. for our mm -hmm. machine. We put it into his concept, and when the pizza came out, I was just in complete shock. I love that he was very proud that his partner's a thermal engineer and that that's what makes it way better. You know what actually would make it the best pizza in the world, by the way, Betty? Yeah. You have to take the actual ovens from New York City. Uh, the idea is that the ovens have so much baked deliciousness inside of them because how long they've been making delicious pizza. I think you live in a dream. <laughs> Part of the taste of New York pizza comes from the, the ovens and how long they've been in use. That's what they say. So move one of those ovens into a vending machine, put it right here in the uh, radio building, and I will be a very lot happy. Of imagination, I do have a lot of imagination. Are you excited about pizza vending machines? As yeah, as it, sounds, okay. it sounds pretty good. Right, yeah. yeah, that would be awesome to have one of those here. Right, yeah. And then you would see me at the vending machine getting pizza all the time? All the time. Yes. And probably kicking the machine whenever uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, I probably definitely kick it. It's like shaking it a little <laughs> yes. bit. Where's checking my pizza? The, yeah, shaking yeah, the machine. Because it gets stuck at some point. Uh, one other story for you that I thought was interesting. Uh, this woman's name is Sophia. She's 21. She lives in South Carolina. She recently got an unpaid internship in marketing in New Jersey. Uh, she has decided to fly once a week from South Carolina, where she lives with her family, to New Jersey to do her internship. I guess she's only got to be in person one day a week on Wednesday. So she wakes up at 3 a.m. She gets on her first flight at like 4.30. She flies into Jersey. She hops a train. She gets to work. She spends a day not getting paid. She hops back on a train, gets back to the airport, flies back to South Carolina, all in a 24-hour period. She says it's cheaper than living in Jersey, uh, which makes me very sad. She's spending like one to $2,000 uh, a month uh, flying uh, once a week, as opposed to, she says, $4,000 uh, to live where the, the thing would be. Uh, but do you think she's crazy to take this internship and not do something else? Most people on the Internet think she's crazy. Unless they are paying her for an internship, like a lot nope, of money. No, they're not paying her anything. It's totally free. Uh, okay, so maybe <laughs> she's pretty rich. She uh -huh. might be. Yeah, you never know. Uh, but yeah, she, says she'd rather, family. she says she'd rather live with her family and commute to work on a plane in order to, you know, uh, save money is what she claims, number one. Yeah. Uh, people are saying that if she got an apartment with, say, two or three friends, she'd probably save money compared to the amount she thinks it would cost to rent an apartment on her own. Uh, but it made me think of you and how you're going back to Mexico tomorrow and how you probably wish that you could commute there way more often. Uh, than we send you like twice a year right now, yes. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you'd like to go once a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once, yeah. Once a week. Yeah, actually, when I used to work in, in Mexico, one of my jobs, like here, uh, I used to drive from my hometown to my job. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to drive like four hours. I was like in the road. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I try to go to visit my parents every single weekend and drive five hours, go and back so totally you drive you 10 like hours 10 every hours. single weekend to see your family you told me about this and actually yeah. you have a cousin right now that drives like an hour each way every single weekend to go home uh from the big city to the to the small yeah. town yeah. That he's from yeah. uh, but five hours that's that's a lot of driving that's a lot, but, but you're that close to your family yes yeah. yes and whenever i got short on money i was just like uh, on my job like for two weeks and then visit mm -hmm. them like twice a month something like that but 
Yeah, I'm pretty close to my family. If you could negotiate to only come into work here at the building like once or twice a month, do you think you'd start trying to live in Mexico? You think you'd start <laughs> moving back there and doing what she's doing? Uh, I don't know. In? I mean, you are here. And I'm I, here. I don't know. I'm here right now. I mean, you are my family too. So. Thank you. Thank you, Betty. So, yes. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I can leave you. I don't know if we've told listeners at this radio station uh, this uh, before, but we both lived in Mexico during the pandemic for a bit. Coronavirus. There was a while where you went and yeah. then somebody in your family, your mom, uh, got sick. Yeah. And so you stayed. Yeah. I remember that text message very, very vividly that Betty was like, hey, not coming home for a while. And I was like, all right. Yes. So I figured yes. out how to work remotely at the stuff I was doing. And then I moved and I lived for like three, four months yep. with yep. you. And it was it was awesome. There, there was something really fun about it um, because I was in the, the big city, not the small town. And uh, it didn't feel as dangerous as reports say a lot of Mexico is. Uh, we had a really fancy Airbnb uh, that had really fancy Internet. Uh, there's something very cool about that. Uh, so I'm kind of happy we both got to do that. And you spent almost no time in the Airbnb. You went home all the time. Yeah, no, I was in my hometown. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the city is like an hour from my hometown. Right. So I used to stay with my parents. And we didn't have a car, yeah. so we had to get picked up all the time. Yeah. We would go. So you just leave me alone <laughs> in an apartment yeah. in Mexico. But well, at least I was there. Fun. You have fun because you were in the city. I would just wander around every day and yeah. try to speak Spanish to people. And they'd all look at me and they'd call me uh, things that are probably not nice. For things <laughs> that I probably shouldn't say <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, my mom was always worried about She us, was. Like, yeah. Don't let him like be there for a long time. It's like, don't well, let him wander here. Is. Don't let him wander there. He's yeah. going to stick out like a sore thumb. And I did it anyway. And that <laughs> yes. was that was obviously he probably that was probably a time you liked a lot too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you don't totally disagree with this woman who's staying at home in South Carolina to be close to her family and well, flying once a week. I, if, if she has the money and she likes to to fly, yeah, just yeah, why not? Mm. Yeah, why not? Yeah, gotcha. Uh, by the way, uh, the quartermaster at the VFW, Eric said that before Betty goes, he'd like you to swing by the VFW tonight for a send-off party. And he says that you oh. can actually, here's, here's the thing, you can teach us how to do shots of tequila, is what he just said. Oh, God, I'm going to go drunk in the, <laughs> on the plane. Yeah, it's a very early flight, uh, Eric, tomorrow morning. I don't know if we can do that, but you might be able to yeah. teach us. Yeah. Uh, and actually, your dad would definitely uh, be, be able to teach us how to hold his tequila uh, very well. All right, it's time. We, we can do it now. Uh, the word of the day, uh, what is your word of the day for your last one for about a week before you go on vacaciones? Vacaciones. Tomorrow? Well, today I have like a very good one for you, Craig. Probably you don't know uh, this mm -hmm. word uh, in Spanish. Uh, it's uh, bandera. 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 Okay. Like Antonio Banderas. But it's just the but bandera. bandera. Uh, but I'm saying it right, bandera? Bandera, okay. yes. Okay, and what does that mean? Uh, flag. It means flag, because today's flag day. Because today is flag day. And, and the I'm firefighters. Through, yes. Yeah. I mean, looking through the window and the firefighters are like uh, the the flag out there mm -hmm. in, uh, here in downtown. And it looks very pretty. It's giant. And yes. I want to take a picture because uh, from far, uh, here, through, uh, you watch through the window here mm -hmm. in the building, you can see it kind of looks small. But when you are pretty close, it looks gigantic. Giant. It's huge. Yes. And actually, it reminded me of the honor flights and the, the driving yeah, around we did. Yeah, yeah. And how the firefighters also put up a flag that yeah. we passed by in that um, caravan of, of uh, heroes who yes. had just received their honor flight. Yeah. yeah. How so many cool. stars uh, there are in the flock, Craig? Are you asking me a question because you think I don't know the answer? Yes. I definitely know the answer. Yes. That is 50. I didn't Google it. I didn't I didn't pause on purpose. 
There's one star for every state, Betty. Yes, Craig. <laughs> You're proud of me for knowing that? <laughs> yes, I don't know. Sometimes you forget stuff. No, I know. That's an easy one. Okay, Although, actually, when you, study, when you study to be a citizen, um, I'm not going to admit that I didn't know stuff. I had to be remembered of some, uh, reminded yeah, of some, reminded things, I, some things I learned in school. Yes. Uh, but there are probably people that would not pass the citizen's test that are, in fact, citizens. But you studied our history. You know a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's, you think you uh, still have that stuff in your brain? Yeah, I remember that part, okay. and uh, and uh, of course June 14, uh, mm-hmm. Flag Day, and uh, you yeah. remembered Flag Day on your own because I don't think a lot of Americans even know today's Flag yeah, Day. I, yeah, I I say something uh, to, to a friend of ours around here, yeah. and they're like, well, "What is today? <laughs> what, what is happening? Yeah. What is, is this a holiday?" I have a family member so that was born on Flag Day. That's the only reason I remember. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you tell me yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, well, thank you, Betty. Uh, have fun and be safe on your trip. I will be with you at the Hi airport. Hi, everyone, and uh, be at uh, the BFW. If you guys are listening, hi everyone. Hi to everybody, and yes. you might go over and there. And I'm tired. I'm, I'm I'm not speaking well today. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you had a lot of work. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you want to say anything to the rest of the listeners, to everybody, before you go for a week? Oh well, enjoy the weekend. My weekend started today, Wednesday, mm-hmm. which is very excited. Yeah. Um, and uh, just be safe and mm-hmm. enjoy life during the weekend. And a report on my whereabouts. If you see me out and about, uh, make sure to let Betty know uh, that everything's on the up and up. <laughs> yes. Everybody, anybody that wants to, report on my whereabouts. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. I love that. Uh, well, thank you, Betty, uh, as always, for being on the show. See you in a week. And, uh, well, I'll see you uh, later. I'll be here, and then I'll be with you. And I don't know if I'm, I'm still thinking I might board that plane. Tomorrow, without a ticket, like I, a might, just, I yeah. might just try to get on it because yeah. I am. I'm worried about you uh, because the town's not awesome. It's all right. Right. It's okay. going to be right. okay. All right. I love you. Uh, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thank you to the people who also texted saying that they'd never eat uh, pizza out of a vending machine, including one texter that said I need to read his text in a, a New York accent because uh, it's a how dare you because uh, I'm from the East Coast and I, I talk about how New York pizza is the best pizza. Uh, the person said, I would never stoop to eating a pizza out of a vending machine. Only a slice in the city will do. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, you are officially banned from being a New York Yankees fan. Uh, that would hurt if that were true, by the way, listener. Uh, crazy. All in a Brooklyn accent, please, if you don't mind. And mine's relative New York. I don't know if it's Brooklyn per se. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, that's why in the segment earlier I said that the um, vending machine has to be a oven out of New York City, out of one of the best uh, spots in New York City. I'm not sure. Like a raised pizza has got to give us one of them, uh, um, one of the uh, ovens. Anyway, another thing I wanted to mention real quick. I like when I do the New York accent. That's fun. Thank you, listener, for asking me to do it. Um, the writer's strike is something I've barely talked about at all. I don't know if it's something you've even really paid attention to uh, in 2023, the Writers Guild of America went on strike actually on May 2nd, and it will impact movies. It will impact all kinds of things uh, for the the near future. I think Marvel was pushing back dates of movies. What I think is interesting, though, is like there's not a lot of late night TV because of the writer's strike. And there's some other things that are impacted. But I don't think people are really noticing. Uh, This started on May 2nd. So it's been well over a month. It could last several more months before the uh, Writers Guild of America gets the things they want from the Alliance of Motion Pictures and television people or anybody else in order to get, you know, uh, the right compensation to go back to work. But talk about how interesting the lack of significance this is having having on our society right now. It demonstrates just how different television and most, I think, entertainment is. Uh, The immediacy is not important. I don't think as many people care about watching 
television um, that night, whatever is, you know, a currently new episode of a TV show or anything else. I think really the biggest impact might be when we have very few, if any, movies uh, getting released, depending on how long uh, this whole thing takes. But I think it's demonstrating how weak of a position the Writers Guild of America is in by how little it, it seems to matter. It's not all over the news or anything like that. And it is the kind of thing that, say, years ago, when television was as relevant as it, it, you, at least live TV was and not, you know, whatever you're streaming on Netflix right now, I think this would be a much more talked about topic and maybe something that ended uh, much quicker. But it, it's just interesting because it dawned on me today as I was cycling through for information uh, to share with you, uh, like I do every day, that the writer's strike is well over a month in and almost a non-topic for pretty much anybody I know, uh, which is bad, again, for the writers. It's not really going to help them get the money that they want. And uh, I think the only, again, just to repeat it, uh, impact will be when we see the Hollywood movie release schedule uh, start really tightening up and having very few things. Uh, but who knows? Maybe even that, maybe because of all the uh, change of behavior during COVID and all the difficulty movie theaters went through, that maybe that won't even be the deciding point. I, I don't think the writers are going to get what they want. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. Got to have that set up better. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Decided to skip the regular intro for that one. Top 5 at 5 time, as they just said. Uh, this is the five biggest stories of the day, according to me. Uh, the first biggest story easily is Daniel Penny. Uh, Daniel Penny is the 24-year-old Marine veteran uh, who has now been indicted by a grand jury in New York uh, for the death of Jordan Neely. Uh, this is one second-degree manslaughter charge, according to NBC News. I think that that's something that probably will be confirmed uh, a little bit later on at some point when everything is unsealed. Uh, but it is interesting if it stays just one second-degree manslaughter charge. Uh, because that means that even the grand jury agrees that Daniel Penny did not intend to kill uh, Jordan Neely, just that his actions caused the death of Jordan Neely, which will be, um, I think, a, a very um, um, attention-grabbing court case for a lot of people in this country, uh, because there's a, a lot of differing opinion uh, with limited information as to what occurred, uh, what did and didn't make sense. I don't think many people say that Jordan Neely deserved to die, uh, but whether or not Daniel Penny's actions um, are justified from a legal standpoint is something that we don't have a, a valuable amount of proof uh, so far in. And even more so than that, um, there are other questions that have been raised. And if uh, any more information is relevant, at least from what I know right now, I will also say uh, that Jordan Neely is someone who, uh, and some people say this is wrong uh, to put this stuff out there, uh, but I, I, I do think it's relevant, uh, someone who had a lot of not just mental health issues, but actual interactions or um, even attacked, um, punched people, um, elderly people in a way that could have caused uh, worse harm than he actually did. But he, he certainly uh, seemed to have every intent of a very much, you know, very seriously injuring um, complete strangers. And then also there was um, one case in which he was trying to drag a child down a street uh, to kidnap them. Uh, those are all things that wound up putting Jordan Neely uh, through um, several processes uh, in New York that you would think would have prevented him from being someone who would have been in a situation on a train in New York, potentially threatening people is what some of the uh, witnesses have, have said so far, although not uh, through the court system itself. 
um, because, again, it should have indicated someone that was in need of, of help and not necessarily someone who was safe uh, to have out in our uh, society. Um, but that is all stuff that will be discussed uh, within the court case that is now definitely occurring, was already um, very likely to occur, but the grand jury indictment more significant than Alvin Bragg, the district attorney, and his decision-making on that case. So we will see. Uh, but this is the beginning of what I think will probably be a a, a very much talked about uh, story as the legal process plays out. Uh, Jordan Neely, or excuse me, uh, Daniel Penny, by the way, his attorneys have said that uh, they will reveal who the person actually is and even have put out videos uh, where Daniel Penny has started to say his side of what occurred. Um, and I said this before, I'll just say it again as far as the, the end of that topic and moving on to other ones. The two most significant things to learn uh, through the court process to me will be how many people on that train feared for their lives. Um, did Jordan Neely, in fact, say I'm going to kill you uh, to people on the train, which is one of the things that Daniel Penny said occurred? Uh, were there several people that were uh, afraid that they were going to be, you know, uh, seriously injured, if not killed by by uh, Jordan Neely? And then as important or almost as important to me as whether or not the the threat itself was was real was the belief that what Daniel Penny did uh, did, in fact, kill a Jordan Neely. There have been some questions raised by his defense team uh, about that and whether or not there's going to be any level of of proof uh, damage, because I don't think the, the argument will be uh, solely that um, what Daniel Penny did was justified. I do think that the defense team will wind up having a secondary conversation or a secondary position that they take that they will try to prove. And it sounds like what it would be from some of the things they've said so far is that um, there were other factors that caused the death of Jordan Neely, uh, things that have certainly not been reported on yet and things that are just uh, speculation uh, at best uh, so far. Um, some other of the top five stories at five o'clock that I think are interesting. Uh, there is an update in the Rust shooting uh, case. If you don't remember what this is, uh, New Mexico, uh, there was um, a, a movie that was going on. Alec Baldwin was in it. It's called Rust. Um, at one point, Alec Baldwin was likely to get in quite a bit of legal trouble, uh, but I think most of those uh, charges against him have been dismissed. Um, the uh, lawyers for Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, uh, who was the armorer on that movie set, uh, the movie set that eventually uh, caused uh, the death of Helena Hutchins, uh, because Alec Baldwin, Baldwin shot her with a gun that had a, a bullet in it that I guess he didn't expect to have a bullet in it. Uh, and a lot of people think that Alec Baldwin should probably be in more trouble. Uh, but Hannah Gutierrez Reed's uh, lawyers tried to get the um, case dismissed. And then um, the lawyers or the prosecution that are going after her uh, said that she might have been hung over and that there would be witnesses that would testify that she was smoking pot and drinking heavily uh, the evening before and on several occasions before uh, the evening where someone died on a movie set and she was in charge of the weapons as the armorer. Uh, that is so far an accusation that's been made uh, by the, the prosecution, not necessarily something that's also been uh, proven in court, but it is, it is interesting and it certainly is a significant update in that story, um, nothing to do with Alec Baldwin. Uh, other things out there that I think are interesting as far as top five at five, uh, two in the world of uh, former President Trump. Uh, one, he raised over $2 million hours after getting um, arraigned in Miami, uh, $2 million at a fundraiser uh, and a candlelight dinner. I think that happened in New Jersey. Um, he he um, success or excuse me, now that might have happened in Miami, his first fundraising event. Um, but one of the things that he might also have done, according to several uh, people, uh, several um, um, 
experts, if that's even what you should call them in this field, uh, was that he is solidifying his support with the Latino vote in Florida, specifically in Miami-Dade County, a county he lost uh, that he would like to very much win again. Uh, And one of the big reasons why, and I think Politico has this story, is that there are a lot of Cubans, a lot of Cubans who uh, believe in quite a bit of corruption in the world of the government uh, because of just how bad things like uh, communism and socialism are, uh, which is interesting that it might speak to uh, quite a few different crowds of individuals uh, who may or may not already be, quote unquote, conservative or Republican voters that might wind up supporting the president and his the former president and his claim uh, that this is all a political uh, witch hunt. And I've also said on the show, uh, just so it's out there, um, I don't necessarily think uh, that what Trump is accused of in the federal charges is completely um, crap. I think there are some things that he is uh, likely to potentially be in trouble for. Uh, the thing that I think is crap and that a lot of people think is crap is that he's alone in getting in trouble for these things when there are actually other people who did basically, if not exactly, the same thing, including Hillary Clinton, uh, but our current president and, of course, the vice president uh, under Trump, Mike Pence, all of them classified documents issues, to say the very least, uh, none of them in any sort of legal trouble except Trump. Uh, so that will be a part of why this is such a valuable, I think, fundraising um, opportunity for the former president, uh, opportunity to distance himself from the rest of the Republican uh, field as far as the um, Republican nomination for uh, running for the office of president and even apparently uh, support from uh, communities that might see this as something similar to things they've seen in other countries. Uh, one other quick story, and then I'll take a break and we'll do a good story, bad story. Or you know what, two, I've only done three. Let's let's do the full five. Uh, first, I thought this was interesting. Uh, the United States deployed fighter jets in the Middle East after um, unsafe and unprofessional behavior from Russian pilots. Uh, the U.S. military deployed F-22 fighter jets. And my favorite um, way to read this, because there's, there's news sites uh, and places I can go, but if you just go to the U.S. Central Command uh, CENTCOM website, CENTCOM.mil, uh, what I love about it is that the actual headline of the article and the, the um, discussion out of Tampa is F-22 Raptors demonstrate air superiority in CENTCOM and throughout the world in how we maneuver and how uh, we have unique, I guess, um, capabilities. I love this story uh, so, so very much and how, as uh, the claim goes, a lot of places that Russia is trying to intimidate us, uh, the belief from CENTCOM is that we would have intimidated the crap out of them uh, just because we're so much more capable Uh, which is one of the bigger reasons why it's sometimes confusing that Russia invaded Ukraine in the first place, uh, that China seems to be threatening to invade Taiwan, or at least um, the the discussion now is whether or not China would have a unique ability to destroy our economy uh, via just a a dumping of U.S. securities. That would uh, be very bad for them, but very bad for us, too. Uh, There's a unique amount of stories right now that seem to demonstrate U.S. weakness. And yet, if you ask the military guys, and if you go to CENTCOM, uh, it's a very different story as to what we're capable of, which, of course, a whole lot of us know. It just depends who's in charge and who's wielding that might uh, that is the U.S. military. Uh, one last thing, and again, top five at five, so getting the last one done. Uh, Merrick Garland was asked questions about his involvement in the Trump indictment. I did think that this was a fairly interesting uh, back and forth with uh, Merrick Garland and back and forth uh, as far as uh, whether or not he should have done anything and whether or not he will do anything as far as this case is concerned. Uh, The first question he was asked, which I I won't play, uh, was actually, should this even be happening? Uh, Should you have stepped in? Should you have stopped this Uh, more because it might 
be a negative uh, for the United States and for uh, the division of, of people uh, to have the former president who has often railed against uh, political and government corruption uh, being tried and tried alone for uh, certain things. Uh, there are threats of violence that have been out there. These are some of the, I think, reasons that the reporter asked the question they did. It wasn't just a right-leaning uh, reporter uh, that asked it. And Merrick Garland's answer to that one was, I have the utmost faith in the prosecutor involved, special counsel, uh, Jack Smith. Uh, he basically said he loved the man, I thought. But then this was the, the more interesting uh, question to me. Uh, do you have a role? And it seemed as though uh, this was the most rehearsed moment as far as a response from Merrick Garland. Okay. Can you give the American public a very clear sense of what exactly your role was in the indictment process, just so people can understand what that role is. And then secondarily, uh, given the historic and extraordinary nature of the case, uh, explain to people, if you would, why this was the best and most appropriate step that was taken and why there were no other alternatives. Um, I'm trying to remember the first first question. Exactly, your role. Yes, so my role is completely consistent with the regulations that set forth the responsibilities to the Attorney General under the special uh, counsel regulations, and I followed uh, those regulations. <laughs> the regulations that set forth what I can and can't do are the regulations that I followed to a T, and if you need any more of an answer, screw you. How dare you ask me this question at all? Uh, I am as involved as I'm supposed to be and no more involved at any given point. And that's what matters. Here, I'll play the other answer he gave uh, to the, the other interesting question. Why wasn't there a or why couldn't there have been, is the way I interpret the question, a different uh, move made to somehow punish Trump but not necessarily go through this process? Uh, that would be most similar to a decision not to actually indict and try uh, on federal charges of perjury or witness tampering Bill Clinton, the former president uh, who admitted to, well, perjury and witness tampering uh, in order to not wind up in the situation that Trump is in now uh, via classified documents. Why wouldn't you do something else and then choose not to move forward and uh, not to try to indict this uh, former president federally? That, to me, is the more unique, interesting similarity in uh, the last however many years. Uh, not necessarily the Nixon thing, not the Ford pardon, but the fact that Bill Clinton, admitted to committing crimes that could have landed him in the Hooskow, and they chose not to go forward. I know he got impeached, but they chose to not do this process through the judicial system, and why not would be the way I'd ask the question, but here's what Garland said. Uh, with respect to the second question, this, again, is asking for particulars, and I'm not going to be able to comment. Um, um, all of the uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I comments on this will know. have to come in filings in court. Yeah, you got you got to file in court. I can't tell you anything about that one, why we didn't have some other form of of punishment or arrangement, even actually like saying uh, you can't run for office anymore. Not that Trump would have agreed to it, uh, but there's no indication that those sort of things were offered. And then we'll go ahead and not try to throw you in jail. I just think that's interesting. And I think that's something that's not talked about as much as it should be. All right. Quick break. Top five at five coming up. Or excuse me, not top five. I just did that. A good story, bad story coming up next. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. 1470. 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins Show. That's uh, me. Um, we got good story, bad story for you. First, the good story. 13 years ago, a waitress in Southern California, uh, her name is Carrie, 
decided to start saving all of the dimes that she was getting from work, any dimes that were given to her. uh, And she decided that her goal was to save as much money as possible to take her daughter on a graduation trip to the destination of her choice, ideally Hawaii, uh, when her kid graduated high school. Uh, That has just happened. Her child has graduated, and she wound up saving 5665 bucks uh, via dimes uh, just in her house, all over her house. Had to be tedious at times to store these things. I'm surprised the bank even took it, but it's a good enough story. you got to do it. Uh, They wouldn't have taken pennies. If you found this many pennies, there's no way. Uh, But they're going to Oahu. Uh, They're going for an entire week. Uh, Everything is paid. I think they're probably flying uh, first class, 5665 bucks all saved via pennies, all saved to take her kid uh, to an amazing, amazing graduation party. That's an awesome, awesome good story. Uh, Let me ruin uh, that good feeling with this bad story. A cannon was stolen from a historic um, fort in Pennsylvania, uh, Fort uh, Mifflin. Uh, This happened over a month ago, but Philadelphia police who are investigating this have now talked about exactly how uh, the theft of a cannon occurred. A cannon uh, was taken, and they assume that it's just sitting in somebody's yard. Uh, This is uh, one of those executive directors of the fort also talking about uh, all the assumptions being made here and how difficult of a heist this was, uh, but how it absolutely happened. And right now they don't know who did it. This is sort of a sentimental canon for us. Removed down from the top of the wall, then it would have to be removed across the parade ground and loaded into a truck. I would suspect this was taken by someone who finds it uh, an appealing curiosity. Maybe it's in somebody's yard, in someone's living room. Yeah, Beth, I can help you with a part of that. Someone who was drunk and who's an idiot and who should not have stolen a cannon. Apparently the cannon works, uh, by the way, in that audio I played, which is also a video. Uh, You can hear the cannon being fired in the background. So someone stole a working ceremonial cannon uh, from a, a fort in Pennsylvania, Uh, That was, in my opinion, I can't back this up, but I'm pretty sure intoxicated uh, while doing it and maybe other things. But very difficult, apparently, the process and not very good security uh, that exists on the cannon. You figure that's a thing uh, they'd protect better on forts. You You feel like cannons are things that shouldn't be walking off. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, Greg Collins Show. Uh, thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about for just a little bit more. And then uh, Dave Ramsey takes over in about half an hour. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I'll just go uh, silly first before serious. I have serious as well. Uh, but a New Orleans chef who apparently has been missing for at least two weeks and was reported dead is alive. Uh, he's more than alive. He's he's fine. And he actually told local news, I've been around. That's one of the things he said when they're like, hey, uh, you, you reported missing. We um, people thought you died. Uh, what what happened here? Uh, the chef's name is Demerick uh, Scott. I think I'm getting that right. But here we go. Here's a little bit of audio from him being like, I've been around, man. I've I, People just didn't see me. I've been around just trying <laughs> to you know, take some time for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, work hard and essentially just needed a, a moment to just sit down and right. come down and take a break from work and just everything. You know what I mean? Like, I have family, I have friends, I have community, and I just needed to just sit down in the corner and just think. I just needed a couple of weeks to, to take a break and, and kind of disappear. And then when people reported me missing and then when they reported me dead, I was like, oh, I'll be back. I'll swing by at some point. I, I just love the beginning of that. I've been around. I've been around. Uh, you could have looked harder and you would have found me. Uh, come on, people. Uh, doesn't anybody have find my on their iPhone and my iPhone to just see where I'm sitting 
and then go say hi and check on me and see that I'm fine. I, I like the nonchalant attitude with uh, we thought you were dead um, and you're definitely not. So that's that's good news. Uh, but like, why does anyone care is essentially his message. And I, I find that very interesting uh, to get back to serious stuff. A couple. Uh, first, I'll play the audio that says that what I play, I'm going to play two pieces of audio. Uh, the first one says that I'm being dangerous. The second one is, I guess, just me being dangerous. Uh, but what was very amusing to me is that all day yesterday, MSNBC, CNN, uh, the usual people, uh, did every single version of following uh, Trump's plane, Trump's uh, motorcade, every version of that's a guy inside of a vehicle that's going a place. And then even outside of the courthouse, uh, that's a guy that went into a place and he's saying a thing as far as the former president and his arraignment and saying that he's not guilty of 37 counts of of um, mishandling classified documents. But what I found was interesting is when it came to the point where Trump spoke, MSNBC said too much. NBC or excuse me, CNN. I said a lot of people said too much. But Rachel Maddow was probably the most egregious in how she said that this was it was for your protection that we're going to follow every moment of this thing until the guy starts saying words into a microphone. I need to say that former President Trump has just started uh, making public remarks, just as he did on the evening of his first arraignment on criminal charges. That was April when he was booked on 34 felony counts brought by the state of New York. Now, tonight, after his arraignment on federal felony charges, he's speaking again, this time to an audience of his supporters that's gathered for a, a campaign fundraiser tonight at his, his golf club and summer home in New Jersey. Um, we knew heading into this that he was planning to make these remarks. We are prepared for his pre-fundraiser <laughs> remarks tonight uh -huh. to again be essentially a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks. Can't do live. it. Um, How dare us do it? As we said before in these Dangerous. circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast what? untrue things. What? We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations. We need to cover every moment before this man speaks and then when he speaks because it's all going to be lies and you're too dumb to figure out what the truth actually is of viewers of MSNBC and, and CNN. We can't do we can't show you that part. I will just sensationalize everything else about the experience, and then we've done our job great. How horrible would it, would it be, and irrelevant to Trump, but just in general, if this is how our, our judicial system worked, if when the moment came for someone to defend themselves arrived, it's like, no one can listen to this, because this is probably going to be lies, and it's going to damage all of us to hear it. Uh, because if it's lies, we're never going to be able to figure out that it's not the truth and it's all lies. I, it's just insane. It's just insanity. But so here, I'm going to, um, you know, uh, dance with the devil, I guess. I'm going to play you some Trump audio of some of the things he said last night. I will appoint a real special prosecutor to go after the most corrupt president in the history of the United States of America, Joe Biden, and the entire Biden crime family. Uh, by the way, it, it, uh, in that coverage that kind of went viral, some people putting it out there, it said that the crowd also chanted, lock him up. Uh, in the audio I could play for you, it doesn't sound like a whole lot of people were chanting that. Uh, but what I think is relevant about what Trump says there is not whether or not you think that, that Biden is corrupt, that his, his family is a crime family, and there's an odd reason to think that the story about just how potentially true that is, is for some reason not being reported on anywhere near the same as what Trump is is uh, dealing with right now or going through. And 
innocent until proven guilty is supposed to be an aspect of, I think, how our judicial system works. Uh, but anyway, what I will say is, is this is likely to be the newest playbook in the world of politics. I think that now that Trump has gone through certain things, and especially if they go all the way to the point where he's found guilty and maybe even put in jail. Uh, by the way, he'd have to be put in jail with Secret Service. Uh, you could not put a president in jail by himself. Secret Service would have to be there, too. Uh, that does feel like Pandora's box flinging wide open uh, because the biggest – I don't mean to be a, a broken record on this, and I know what aboutisms annoy people – uh, but when it's just based in fact, it, it has power in conversation. Um, someone who would definitely gone to jail, uh, be in jail, if there was no, ah, we can't do that, there, that's too far, would be Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton lied under oath. That's perjury. Uh, he admitted to it. He also tampered with witnesses. He admitted to that. And he wound up not getting federally indicted, not being charged, and not wind up being threatened with going to jail uh, for those sort of crimes because, well, it was different times. And we decided that the admission was enough and we're good and no special prosecutor was going after him. Uh, that happened just a short time ago in our society. I'm not, you know, pulling the uh, Ford uh, gave a pardon to Nixon thing as far as my example goes. Uh, but once we see uh, a politician as high ranking as a former president uh, potentially wind up in a jail cell, if that's what occurs, I do think you'll see and hear a lot more of this. And it can be very simplistic. Uh, the way in which you get to those points. Insider trading is a thing that a lot of politicians could be accused of doing, uh, could wind up being found guilty in a courtroom for doing, could wind up going to jail for doing. I mean, Martha Stewart went to jail for that. So really anybody can, I guess is what I'm saying there, kidding a little bit. But I, I do think that that's an opening of Pandora's box, to say the very least. And some supporters of Trump would say uh, that indeed is the point. Uh, I don't know if I would go uh, that far because uh, I, I don't think it's a good look for our country uh, to be putting Trump behind bars while he is the leading candidate on the Republican side of the aisle to be you know, a nominee and potentially uh, reelected to be our president. How unique, how unique is that, actually? I'll, I'll just say that out loud, whether you hate Trump or love Trump, uh, that he has a, a strong chance via every poll right now to not only win the Republican nomination, but actually become the next president if he were to um, face Joe Biden today, uh, based on a lot of different polls out there. That's what they say. And we're also discussing how he might wind up going to jail. Uh, what does that say to the rest of the world about the United States if both of those things happen to be true? I'm not judging the people that want to vote for Trump. I'm judging the fact that we have a judicial system that's going after him right now uh, instead of going after him Maybe never, or at least after the whole, you know, pesky election thing is all done with. I want to move on to one other thing, and then I'll take a break. And I didn't talk about this, and this uh, happened over the weekend. And so this audio, this kind of conversation has been out there. Uh, it seems like it's gaining a little bit more traction. I think it was on Fox last night. Uh, but Bubba Wallace is a famous NASCAR driver. Uh, he's a guy who's been discussed at times well beyond, say, NASCAR fans. Uh, one of the biggest ones was the... Um, accusation and then uh, disproving of an idea that someone tried to intimidate Bubba Wallace. But I think the story was hanging a noose uh, inside of um, uh, his his um, you know area where his his pit would be for uh, a NASCAR race. Uh, that wound up being disproven, not a thing that actually had occurred, uh, but certainly something that caused a lot of conversation a few years ago. Uh, now. Uh, the conversation is about if he gives too many people the finger uh, and he actually did an interview uh, where he said that he's being um, treated unfairly, uh, that society cares or that there's a double standard because he's he's a black NASCAR driver. Uh, so people find this much more 
important or that he shouldn't do it. They condemn the action. Uh, then if a white NASCAR driver does it, which he says a whole lot of white NASCAR drivers do. Uh, so I'll play a little bit of the audio. I thought it was interesting for a couple reasons. Uh, one of them being that Bubba Wallace says he does not court controversy. He doesn't like being in the spotlight. Um, that is an interesting take. Uh, if you're anyone, you know, white racer, black racer, doesn't matter uh, who's willing to do as many things on the, the racetrack as he does that do get talked about, like when you're flipping people the bird. All right, here we go. Yeah, for me, I'd love this to people think that I love to stay in the headlines for uh, for different reasons. And I actually hate it. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how it all works out, uh, how the fingers become such a big thing when Bubba Wallace does it. But you have guys that get wrecked and get dumped on the track and they walk out on the track and shoot one bird or shoot the double bird and. We laugh about it and move on, and we, we tell them that they're number one. But when Bubba Wallace does it, we got to shut the whole state down, shut the whole series down, kick him out, suspend him. So, so uh, before I play the rest of the audio, because there's a little more left, I got to say that anytime anybody talks in third person, I'm not sure that I, I am as willing to understand what they're saying as when they don't talk in third. It's this petty thing, it's a little thing, it's not relevant to just Bubba Wallace. The time, even when I've done it on my own show, when I say, you know, this is the Craig Collins show and I'm Craig, I feel bad about it. I don't like it. He's just talking first person, man. But that's that's a petty, that's a very minute thing that I can't get over as he's doing that. But let's get the rest of it. On that side of things, it's complete BS. Um, but it is what it is. It's been going on for years, and it sounds like I just invented something new. <laughs> and we know how some of these, these people that are part of the sport hate when Bubba Wallace brings in something new. So, Do you have to be more careful now about doing it? Are you going to have to stop what other people are doing? Or how you oh, doing? 100%. I need to stop doing it. It's, sure. it's not a good look, right? Um, and, and we all get that. But what I'm getting... I love that he says that at the end, that he's like, yeah, no, I should stop. Uh, it's not a great look to be flipping people off all the time whenever I get mad. Uh, he was suspended, by the way, but not because he, he gave somebody the middle finger, because uh, a lot of people do that, as he said. It's actually because he uh, purposefully wrecked somebody else, and that, in fact, is dangerous in the world of NASCAR, a sport I don't follow uh, very closely. I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm deep diving here into the world of NASCAR. But what I do think is interesting about this is much like with the, uh, the other conversation that surrounded uh, Bubba Wallace for a while – uh, where he made an accusation that someone was trying to intimidate him uh, based on his race, and that wound up being disproven, not being a thing that occurred. I think someone had come forward that said they left something in a way that actually like worked for him, uh, that didn't intend for it to look like whatever he thought it looked like, and then there was even a debate as to whether or not it looked like what Bubba Wallace said it looked like. Uh, but anyway, I wonder if in a potential, I don't, I don't know for sure, oversensitivity to some of the, the um, ways in which uh, there's a perceived difference of treatment uh, might wind up making people less receptive to hearing it uh, when and if there actually is. Because uh, one thing I, I did learn and do know is that Bubba Wallace is unique in the amount of times that he gets mad during races and does things like uh, flip other people off. He seems to be um, a guy who gets upset uh, a lot. And there are other famous athletes who get upset a lot. John McEnroe comes to mind as one example for me uh, that seem to get talked about a similar way uh, that Bubba Wallace is getting talked about in his sport. Maybe not the same sport, uh, but certainly if you're a guy who winds up having a, a short temper, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, uh, you get a certain reputation. And that's actually not always bad. I think guys like McEnroe used it to their advantage, uh, whereas uh, Wallace is saying that he uh, will change his behavior, but feels that it's 
you know, being unfairly. And I, I don't follow NASCAR enough, so I'm not going to pretend to to totally understand if he's right or wrong about what he's saying. I, I just remembered uh, the name. Well, for a couple reasons, uh, one of the bigger reasons being uh, the former uh, thing that was talked about and whether or not someone was trying to intimidate him. All right. A quick break after the break. If I have enough time, even though I played it once already in the show, I have some audio that I love a lot at a New York City and radio sports radio. Uh, it's my favorite thing I've found in a long time. So we have time. That's coming up next. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, just a few more minutes with me. Dave Ramsey taking over next. Uh, 1505 East Lake Avenue is the address for Peoria Heights um, VFW. Uh, Peoria Heights, uh, 1505 East Lake. Uh, number 2602 is their post number. Uh, one block east off of um, uh, Prospect on Lake Street. For anyone looking to get there, 309-682-9875 is the phone number. 309-682-9875. They do a bunch of stuff, a bunch of good in the community, and so I very much support all the things that they're doing. Uh, but it's also just fun to go to the bar. They got a pool table. They got food on Tuesday nights and Friday and Saturday nights. Food's very good. Uh, they also have uh, Casper Bar on tap, which I've been drinking a lot of out of Bloomington, a veteran-owned. Uh, just a real cool spot. Uh, you can bump into people, uh, have a, a good time, learn some stuff uh, from um, you know individuals with unique uh, life stories because there's usually always a few vets in there. Uh, but honestly, just hang out in a good uh, area bar uh, and a fun spot. Um, uh, quickly, before we get out of here, uh, two things. I like this a lot. First, and this is not the, my favorite audio. Uh, the audio is teasing a second ago, but it's still pretty good stuff. Uh, this is uh, strippers who are unionizing. I think this is in Portland, uh, looking for safer work conditions. I would be very amused if these individuals get way more community support uh, than, say, the writer's strike is getting throughout the country. If the strippers in Portland uh, are asking for certain things and a lot of people wind up picketing right there with them and demanding those things, a lot of those uh, people are probably uh, men you might see at the strip club. But here's a little bit of what they said. We're here to make a change, to like show club owners that we deserve safety and it's important that we have it. And we recently uh, voted to unionize. The stage was not supplied with even flooring, which uh -oh. is dangerous when you're wearing giant heels <laughs> and dangerous. the pole wasn't properly installed also either, not which would be very dangerous. Uh -huh. We want a security guard, dedicated. certified, dedicated security guard. In front of the strip club at all times, uh, sort of like some people would like to see uh, security be put into schools. Again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm throwing my support among any group individually. I'm just saying it'd be interesting if the uh, strippers uh, wind up getting a lot of public support, at least from a subset of the people who live in Portland and then wind up getting the things they're asking for. Because uh, the writers have been on strike for way more than a month and maybe the thing they're missing is strippers. I'm not sure. I don't know. All right. Uh, very quickly, very little time left. I love this audio so much. Uh, first, I'm going to play a little bit of the beginning of the call. Uh, this is a call that a, a caller named Ralph made uh, to a radio station in New York, uh, WFAN, uh, and a host named Danielle, Danielle McCartan. Uh, but I love how this ends. But here's a little bit of the beginning. It's so easy to be a talk show host looking back at what's going on and rip them. If J.D. Martinez would be doing horrible now, you wouldn't have said, oh, the Mets should have signed him. It's only because he's doing good. Uh -huh. You could sit there and say, oh, no, the Mets should have signed him. What are you bringing to the radio oh. right now? You're looking at stats <laughs> and yelling uh -oh. what they should have done. What they're not profits. It's, it's, it's pathetic, Danielle. 
Look, you might not care about the Mets. You might not care care about Scherzer. You might not care about any of the things he's saying. But the guy was throwing the gauntlet down, and the radio host responded. She went off. Come on, Danielle. Ralph, I, I, I guess I guess you're, you must be related to Billy Epler in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't met a single person who wants to defend this guy like this. The team is a freaking dumpster fire, and you're defending him. Of course. I'm not defending you. Yes, you are. You're not coming with content. When oh, you're Ralph. Oh, Ralph. Ralph. You know what, Ralph? I'm not coming with content. Are you freaking kidding me? I come with content every week there, Ralph. You're a joke there, Ralph. This is real pausing, too, by the way, that I can't help talk over. Come on, Ralph. That's a joke there, Ralph, right? <laughs> Yo. No one does more homework than me on this Nobody. radio station. I dare you to go find someone. How dare you, sir? Give her a little more time. Give her a little more time. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm bringing nothing to the radio station there, Ralph. Come on. <laughs> yes, I was excited for Scherzer. Yes, I was there for Verlander.